host of the Life After Life podcast. I want to invite you to become a patron of the podcast. For just five euro per month, you will get ad-free content, video episodes, exclusive events and discounts throughout the year as a thank you for your support. Check out the link to my Patreon page in the description box attached or go to Patreon and search for Life After Life with Sandy Bird. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of Life After Life with me, Sandy Byrne. And in this week's episode, I am so delighted to welcome um, a lady from Ohio in the United States to chat with us today. Her name is JJ, and I will allow her to pronounce her surname for us because I do not want to do it wrong. How are you, JJ? And thank you for joining us today. Hi, Sandy. I am not surprised. A lot of people are like, how the heck do you have to say that last name? But it's like jumping off a cliff. De Geronimo. De Geronimo. Okay. I was going to say that because, you know, we do have a lot of nationalities in Ireland now. So um, my son was actually very friendly in school with a guy called Geronimo, but he didn't have the D part in it. So um, obviously different backgrounds. But yeah, the Geronimo. I love it. It's a beautiful name. So the reason why I wanted to speak to JJ here is because she has a very interesting story. But first of all, I want to ask you, JJ, how, like, what's your background? How did you get into working with people, working in the, you know, the light worker? We'll say that in inverted commas. We'll talk about that in a minute. In the light worker area. Yes, yes. Well, I started in computers. I have a computer science engineering degree and I started working in land land design which took me to silicon valley and i had no aspirations to talk about healers or light workers or energy practices but i have learned throughout my journey that i am often a person that trials and errors things based on my human design and that going through situations as a woman especially a woman having children and working and then a woman trying to get promoted and then a woman trying to validate herself in this crazy world as a human, I have learned a lot of things along the way. And through those just self exploration is really what brought me to the point now, which I just published my third book, because I like to capture all the things that I learn and do and share them with other women to help them on their journey. Wow, I love that. And you know, everything comes from experience, doesn't it? You know, I love mm. like when we've been through something and then and that is exactly how I see the spiritual journey, that we learn so much here on this earth that, you know, when we go into the spirit world, that we will be able to help others. So before we get into talking, um, because I know that you have built up a community of light workers, and I want to ask you all about that. But do you mind if I ask you? You know, how do you define or what do you see a light worker being? Because we do he hear, hear a lot of people use the term. And I think we all have different visions of exactly what it should be. So do you mind if I ask you what your definition would be? Sure, sure. And I feel like I'm still figuring it out. But light workers for me are people here that are not only illuminating their path, but their work and their journey is illuminating paths for others. 
I love that. And that is exactly how I see it too. And it's more about encouragement and empowerment, isn't it? And that is kind of what you do. So tell us about your community, because I, I know and you've already said it, that you work mainly with women, you know, who want to maybe be more mindful and sidestep their doubts and fears in life. You know, and I, I get what you're saying about, you know, the business side, but how did you get into working with women? Where did you find this community? Well, it's so interesting because I've been creating communities for women over 15 years ago, and it wasn't because I wanted to be a community leader. It was because I was in need of information. And so I had my children when I was in my mid to late 30s, and my wheels fell off. I was like, how do you keep everything going? I had a home in Ohio, an office in San Francisco, and I traveled all the time. And I just... Everyone says you can have it all, but the reality is it's incredibly challenging. So I brought my first group of women together in 2008 because I was trying to get the cliff notes of how to keep everything going. And little did I know that, you know, the women that were 5, 10, 15 years ahead of me in their process of having children and keeping their job going shared so many insights that I started writing down for my daughter and then I shared them and then people say, put that in a book. And then before I knew it, I had my first book. Uh, but I shouldn't say before I knew it. It was a long process. It was three years. And I didn't talk about my first book because I didn't want my employer to think I did was taking my eye off the ball. And so I didn't create the book because I wanted to be an author. I created the book because I didn't want to forget the lessons. That's And that's powerful. And don't your children... Um, encourage you in that regard because you know you've learned so much you want it to be written down for your children and it starts from there you know I mean you know I've had a book in, in process now for quite some time but I only started writing it because I want my children to know about my family history and the mediumship and all the rest of it did it start like that for you you mentioned your daughter yes i mean i just didn't want to lose it and i wanted to create space in my head for other stuff and so i started writing it down and then little by little people would say well could you come talk about your book or can you come talk about a lesson and that's when i realized how hard it was for women to really get promoted after the age of 35 and i started writing down all the questions women would ask me about how they made their professional goals reality and so after about three years, I started researching for the second book. And then I thought I was done. Like, I'm like, I have two books. Like, that's it. That's super stressful process. I don't want to do that again. But then I kind of hit my own tower moments, my own dark night of the soul, where I thought at that point in my life, all of the things I had worked on were really going to bring me a level of joy and self-satisfaction that really never came. And all these things started crumbling around me and... I really didn't know where to turn, to be quite honest, but my mom and aunts used to go to mediums when I was a child, and that's kind of how they coped when they were younger, and I sort of said, you know what, I got to get back to that because I feel like there's more I need to learn, and that's what launched me into working with energy practitioners and light workers again in, you know, in my mid-40s, so I feel like the breadcrumb was perfectly orchestrated early on in my life that allowed me have to go back to when I needed it later. Yeah, 
And as you know, it's lifelong learning, isn't it? it? That doesn't just apply to academia. It applies to everything in life. And I love that, that mm. you, you're going back. So let's talk about your first book because you've mentioned it a couple of times. What is the title? So the first book is The Working Woman's GPS, When the Plan to Have It All Leads You Astray. Okay. And that is really for young mothers that are working. And then the second book is Accelerate Your Impact, Action-Based Strategies to Pave Your Professional Path. And that's really about the difference of working in your career and on your career. And I'm super proud of those books because I only included information I did not know about after 15 and 20 years of being in, you know, corporate life. Mm -hmm. uh, but I never thought I would write this third book, Seeking. I never thought I would write it. I, it's such a vulnerable side of women and how just all our own insecurities and our self-doubt. And as you mentioned earlier, it really is what made me bring forward all the energy practitioners I worked with for about six years because I was working through my stories and through my shadow work uh, at a level that I guess not everyone has to do, but I, that's part of my life journey. It's what I have to do. And it really gave me an opportunity to share this side of my work with so many professionals that aren't even really allowed to talk about energy at work. Yeah, yeah. And um, so when you say working with energy healers and that, are you talking about working with yourself or that you were helping them and empowering them? No, they were helping me. Okay, so Helping me because yes. I, yeah, I was working on myself and I, you know, it's not in America, it's not normal to go to Reiki or tapping or past life regression or QHHT or do Esther Hicks work or by, uh, Byron Katie. I mean, that's not common path for a lot of people. And so I talked about how I leveraged all these different energy practitioners practices and worked with all these practitioners to really dig into, you know, who am I and why am I here right now? Yeah. And that's a, that's a big question you know, for people. Um, and it was one that I, I have written down here that I wanted to ask you is, you know, um, and I know that you work with women and we'll talk more about the community, but you know, what should people do when they start asking those questions that you've just mentioned? You know, what is this life about? What do I do now? Is there more to this life? You know, because I know it took you a while to get there. So if you find, if you come across people that are struggling now and asking these questions, what do you say to them? You know, I think that we're all shown breadcrumbs, little seeds of information throughout our life. And I feel like every one of us has the answer within. And so what I would tell you is if you're asking, what should I do now? Why am I in this relationship? How did I get here? Is this all that there is? Really just sit down and make a list of the things that you want to do. What do you want to do? And it could be like, I just want to go to a yoga class on Tuesdays, or I want to get out in nature and walk in my bare feet, or I want to start a cooking class, or I want to start cooking in the evenings. Whatever it is, really sitting down with the quietness of your soul and asking yourself, what is it that you want to lean into? Because you are the one that holds the keys of the work that you're supposed to do here. And oftentimes it starts with little nudges of things that you want to do. 
Okay. So this is a whole shift. This is like helping everybody, not just career people or, or whatever. So this is the shift in the third book. And that's where this comes from. So tell us about your community. It is a shift. Who is in this community? How do people join? Yes. It? How do people access it? Oh, well, it's called Together We Seek. And it is community of energy practitioners, light workers, and healers that have found their way to the community, many of which I've worked with one-on-one. -on -one. And I essentially, it's a way for each of us to, one, find each other, potentially work together, but also highlight our work because it is a lonely path. And I feel like for a lot of women that have been in my community for a long time, I have a large LinkedIn group for women in tech. It's a bridge for them to check things out based on essentially a referral network of resources and other people that we've worked with. And so it takes the guessing out of it. Sometimes it takes the fear out of it because I feel like we are conditioned not to tap into these tools, techniques, modalities because there's so much power that it awakens within us. It sounds to me like you have spent a lot of time working on your mindfulness, you know, and, you know, centering yourself. And did that happen between books two and, and, and three, do you think? It did. It did. Because like many of us, we are so conditioned to look outward for our own self-worth. And I was no different. Like I was conditioned that the job, the title, the salary, the trips, the car, the zip code, the area, you know, wherever you live, like all of that defines how good you are and how worthy you are. And I had some major shifts in my life that forced me to dig into those stories and dig into me as a person that I couldn't have done without energy practitioners or light workers. And I'm so grateful for those people that have crossed my path because had they not crossed my path, my life would have been a lot bleaker. And why, why do you think that people have a hard time finding it. I know that I'm probably asking very difficult questions now, but I just wonder, and maybe it's because, you see, I come from a different kind of background. I mean, yes, you know, I, I, I worked for the Financial Times in London and then I went into education. So like, you know, I've worked in the real world, if you like. Um, but my background and my family's background, they were all mediums and psychics and readers and healers and all the rest of it. So I suppose from my point of view, I'd be thinking, you know, how do people not know this? How do people not find this sooner? OK, and I know that probably sounds conceited, but, you know, when you come from a background of something, you wonder how people don't understand it, you know. And why do you think that is, you know, from someone like yourself who struggled for several years? Well, I love all the tough questions and hard questions because I really do believe that many healers and light workers have been, have had tumultuous journeys of the soul that oftentimes they embed themselves in family structures that are incredibly uh, locked down, I would say, by religion, by fear, by upbringing that 
almost prevents them from really tapping into their gifts, which many ultimately do. But I think that the journey of their soul sometimes makes them afraid to use their gifts. So the fact that you were born into a family where it is more common than not is pretty powerful because you're already sort of have a jump start on the work you're here to do where many healers and light workers have to get around themselves to remember their gifts and why they're here. Yeah, I, 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 I totally get that. What do you think um, about that? No, yeah. I agree because, you know, um, Ireland would have been predominantly Catholic. I mean, I, I think it still is, you know, ma you know, mainly Catholic with some um, new religions coming in over the last few years. But, you know, for all those years, even the years where my grandmothers would have been doing readings, it was always very, you know, hush, hush under the table. The priest can't find out, you know. So what, what you were saying about religion really resonates, even though I still believe in my religion, it wouldn't have been something that was talked about. You know, so people tended not to ask about these things, not to go down that road. And of course, we're still in the stage in Ireland where we don't have spiritual churches, you know, so there's very few places for people to congregate and meet, you know. So, I mean, I totally get that. And I don't know what it's like where you live. Um, like, is it countryside or is it city? Like, did you find it hard to find a group of like minded people? You know, initially I did, initially I did, but the more work I did in the space, the more people would emerge. And I feel like that is on purpose. It's like what shows up on your path is generally based on like the teacher will appear when the student is ready. And I feel like that is very much the case for my journey and many other people's journeys. And the beauty of COVID, I think, there's a lot of beauties of COVID, but one of the beauties of COVID is like people are very comfortable meeting online. And so I think online communities of bringing like people together from the comfort of their couch uh, or office is very, very um, accepted now. And so I think that is a way to bring more of us together across the planet. I love it. I mean, I've totally embraced the on online world and I love it because it means that I don't have to travel as much. And I'm sure for you, if you were commuting over and back from San Francisco, I mean, that's a huge, huge commute. Um, so if somebody's listening to you today and they feel that they may have these gifts or they may be a light worker of some sort, what do they do? I love that because there's more of us than have even emerged yet. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really the basis of the book of Seeking, my third book, is it gives you essentially a workbook of how to lean into what is calling you. And I think the really big underpinning is many of us doubt our gifts and doubt these amazing reasons we came on the planet. And Seeking really gives you a roadmap to kind of dig through the stories, identify the maybe uh, little nudges that you see along your path and the guides that have come across your way to get you through the doubting field so that you can open up to what is available to you. And I feel like it's really that workbook that brings it alive for a lot of people that are saying, is that me? What am I, should I do next? How do I doubt that? And then I also list all the books I've read and all the energy practitioners I've worked with so that you have a whole toolbox of people and things to really do that next level of investigation. 
And then, of course, the community where they can join the community and just reach out to other people, especially in their desired discipline if they already know it. And if they don't, we have a whole series of podcasts where I've interviewed all different types of practitioners, not to get their story, but to understand the different disciplines, the different areas of focus and how their journey has brought them to that. So whether it's astrocotography, the wisdom within the playing cards, QHHT, past life regression, uh, and doing an uh, astro medium tomorrow. It's just like there's so many disciplines. It's like hard to even wrap your mind around the different ways that you can use your gifts. 100%. And what about the other people who are listening? Because there are going to be people listening who say, this podcast doesn't apply to me. I don't have any gifts or abilities to share with anybody. Can you give them any encouragement or is the book for them even? Oh, I definitely think so. Only because I feel like there are no accidents. And if you're listening to this, there is something you are ready to lean into. And so I have a couple people that come to the top of my head. I have a dear friend that was a teacher that after reading the book, she is now a yoga teacher too. Never did she think she was going to make that happen. But after reading the book, she said, you know, let me just see if I can step into this or what will come of it. So directly after reading the book, before she even finished, she signed up for the certification and now she has her own yoga classes. Another friend of mine was in a job for 29 years, read the book and just shifted her job after 29 years because she knew that she needed to do something else, but she didn't have the inner strength to do it. And the book gave her insight and wisdom that reminded her how strong she really is. And now she's leading an entire group of people and budget that she didn't even have access to in her last position. So you don't need to be a light worker to benefit from the book seeking. But if you're listening to this, you probably are ready for your next step in your journey. I don't believe in accidents or coincidences. I really don't. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. So um, I'm going to link your website into the description box attached to this podcast here. Um, and I do believe if people go onto your website, I think they can um, download a snippet of the book to get a taste of it. Am I right? They are. Yes, you can definitely download a snippet. And for those of you that love to review books, just give me a DM. I'll send you a copy to review the book because it's one of those books that I just feel like is just co-created with the universe. So I'm just so excited to get this wisdom into as many hands as possible. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, I'm going to be having a read if I ever get a weekend where I can just sit down and read a book again. But yeah, I have because um, I've, I've spoken to so many people. I'm one of those people that speaks to so many people and I have so many books. I, I probably mm. need six months off to catch up on them all. But um, I, I, I've become a speed reader. But um, is there anything else that you would like the opportunity to share with our guests before um, I bid you farewell today? Mm. Well, I just believe that we're all here with, with a specific purpose, that we have specific gifts to be using. And many of us are already tapping into those gifts, but I think many of us are holding ourselves back from really leaning into what is calling us. Mm -hmm. And I think that you know that because you have frustration or hesitation, or maybe you're overworked or feel exhausted. And I feel like many of us are kind of like, ah, if only, if only. And I just feel like you just don't know how long your time is on the planet. And I would encourage you to just do one thing 
in the next two weeks that leans into something that is calling you strongly to do, even if you have no experience, even if you don't know how it's going to happen, even if you think you're going to look ridiculous, give the gift of leaning into something that is calling you. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, even while you're talking, I'm thinking of um, a lady that I know I actually had her on the podcast um, recently um, because I know I, I like I meet so many people. I know that there's people listening who think I'm not a healer. You know, I'm not a medium. I'm not a psychic. But this lady has built up an online community through her son's suicide. OK, her son died by suicide mm. and um, she put herself out there you know, uh, on, you know, social media. And she has built up a huge following of people, you know, that help each other and help people who are now only beginning their journey after suicide. So I'm using that as an example because everybody has something. Everybody has something special, as you've already said, JJ, that they can share, okay? So there's no hard, you know, definition of light worker. If you can empower somebody, then you certainly are a light worker. OK, mm -hmm. all you have to be willing to do is share. That's the only prerequisite. Mm -hmm. Be willing to share. I so, love that. JJ, thank you so much for your time. You know, I really enjoyed chatting with you. I really enjoyed finding out about your online community. And I really have this thing where I'm just so interested in people's backstories. You know, how do they get to work with other people? Because it's so hard to put yourself out there. So thank you so much for encouraging our listeners to do that today. Oh, so thank you so much, Sandy. You're so welcome. So I will have I have linked at JJ's um, website in the description box attached. So please do reach out if you have any questions for her. Download the snippet of the book from her um, website and check out her online community and all the information. She has a very complex, um, deep website with a lot of information on there. So please do check it out. So for now, I will say goodbye and I will see you all in the next episode of Life After Life. And until then, take care and stay safe. Discussing everything.